0: Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, the podcast where we break down individual biotech companies and see if we can find any opportunities to make some money. My name is Matt and you've tuned into the second episode. The uh, first one I feel like I got a lot of good feedback on and uh, some people agreed, some people disagreed, but you know I'm trying to show my honest take on the situation and uh, yeah and seeing what's up. So the epi- what I want to talk about today is magical pharmaceuticals and I had done uh, two posts before, two blog posts about Nash and uh, my first one was on Intercept Pharma and I talked about why I did not think that their product was uh, a good investment opportunity and then I followed it up with Madrigal and sadly I was too late on that giant pump that happened after they announced their phase 2 preliminary data so I, I after that I took a deeper dive into the company and and saw that there was some real potential there so I I wanted to talk a little bit today about it because they they had uh, some phase 2 data that came out for their HEFH clinical trial and that's um, heterozygous familial hypercholesterolemia so I'm gonna call it HEFH for obvious reasons and uh, yeah so I think there's a lot of potential and this company is uh, is a definite buy or hold right here I think uh, long-term, they're going to be a big player in this space, and I don't see uh, too many hurdles other than their uh, good good data that's going to be expected in their Phase 3 trials. So they've only brought this drug to uh, two Phase 2 trials, and they're wrapping them up right now. So based on how they roll out the Phase 3 trials, I think that's going to be the next thing that we uh, we have to watch for. So <clears throat> let's get into it. I have their the daily chart up here for the, for the stock and so around december at some point they announced their data for their nash trial their phase 2 nash study and they had an mri technique that was able to estimate the amount of liver fat in patients and they saw that their compound mgl3196 was able to significantly improve um, significantly lower the amount of liver fat, and fibrosis in NASH patients. So this news led to a gigantic increase in the stock, and I don't blame them for that because the data was very good. Um, there was a lot of uh, hype based on that and a lot of hype based on the Hfh trial, which we're going to get into. And so I think the the stock went into overbought territory uh, after just based on all the hype. And then the results for the Hfh c- trial came out, and we've sort of been uh just going back and forth around around 130 dollars a share so the the compound itself mgl3196 it's a beta thyroid hormone receptor antagonist so it's basically a transcription factor that's able to activate a a bunch of stuff and in the liver uh, when this happens it uh you know it has all these improvements in in nash but For the the specifics that I'm going to talk about with HEFH, it's a little bit different. And I don't know if they have a precise mechanism of action when it comes to serum, cholesterol, and triglycerides. But I think for NASH, they they see a direct effect on the liver. And uh, yeah, so the the NASH thing itself is is a really big opportunity for them. The market for NASH is obviously way bigger than for HEFH. And check out my, my blog post. I'm going to put a link below. But uh, look at my previous blog posts on, on NASH and the opportunity there. So that's really the big opportunity I see in, in this company is the NASH market. But they're, they're also looking at getting other indications of this drug for uh, hypercholesterolemia. So there's two kinds of hypercholesterolemia, um, familial hypercholesterolemia. There's homozygous and heterozygous. So you've got two copies of a gene. Everybody has two copies of every gene for the most part and uh, in this disease if you knock out one of the genes you get a certain amount of increased cholesterol in the blood and if you knock out both both, you get a lot more uh, cholesterol in the blood so it's a bigger problem if you're homozygous for this disease but heterozygous hypercholesterolemia is, uh, is still increases your risk for cardiovascular f- uh, events negative ones that can lead to death and those are things like stroke or cardiac arrest so these patients need to have very uh, good monitoring of their cholesterol and they have to be on lifelong statins or lifelong um, PCSK9 inhibitors anything that can lower their their cholesterol so they don't get uh, plaque buildup in the arteries and which can lead to increased chance of, of cardiac events or stroke so Madrigal noticed that in uh, in their NASH trial and in other trials that they always got lower serum uh, lipids and cholesterol so they wanted to see whether or not in a group of uh, HEFH patients whether or not that would have a positive effect so in their phase 2 study they had 116 patients randomized 2 to 1 for the compound or placebo so two-thirds of the patients were on MGL 3196 and one-third were on placebo for 12 weeks and this was in addition to their current cholesterol lowering regimen. So if you've been living under a rock for the last 10 years statins have been a gigantic boom in this industry. Anything that has to lower cholesterol because they're very effective cholesterol lowering drugs. So Madrigal is trying to figure out how they can position themselves as an additive to current standard of care which is statins and and other types of drugs like that or whether or not it should be a standalone. So this, this trial is less important than the NASH stuff because there's already very effective drugs for lowering cholesterol on the market. But this trial was to see whether or not the MGL 3196, in addition to current standard of care cholesterol lowering therapy, would be more effective than just the monotherapy. Well, it's not really a monotherapy, but I'll get into that. So in, in this phase two trial, 75% of patients were on high intensity statins and two thirds of them were on ezetimibe. azitimib. Anyway, the the second one is uh, is a compound that prevents cholesterol uptake in the gut, and statins are HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors. So, the the combination of these two is has been a, a standard of care because they effectively can reduce serum cholesterol by almost about fifty percent, I think. And check the studies I cited in my madrigal blog post um, because these drugs together work very well to lower cholesterol and basically this trial was to see whether or not adding uh madrigal's drug would would lower that even further and the reason for this is that a lot of these fe or wait hefh patients they're still not able to get in that target range of cholesterol ldlc and they ideally they want to get to below 70 uh oh, what is it i forget the unit for that okay it doesn't matter but i think it's milligram per deciliter nano probably nanogram per deciliter anyway the it's not super important because the the um uh the the form that they send out the press release jesus the press release that they send out uh they talk in percentages anyway from placebo controlled um so it's not super important anyway so the data they found for this, and I'm taking this from the conference call as well as the press release so the conference call was kind of painful to listen to just sort of boring but and they they were sort of disjointed in the way that they could talk about this so uh, most of the information is is on this press release which is available at their uh, their website, the Magical Pharma website so the most important thing is that LDLC was LDLC, which is a specific lipo- low-density lipoprotein, was lowered uh, by 20% in patients treated with MGL-3196, and that is uh, placebo-adjusted. So, on the conference call, they taught they said that the placebo group, which is the group that was just on their normal cholesterol-lowering drugs. That group actually increased about 9 to 10% over the course of the study. And the group treated with MGL3196, uh, they. I might not have said that right. So, LDLC was increased under the placebo group, but it was decreased under the MGL3196 group. So, the difference there is 18%, but when you look at the Uh, baseline adjustment the the lowering effect of MGL 3196 is probably only like 10 to 11 percent because the placebo group actually increased 10 percent so that's something to note and it'd be nice to actually see the raw data but for some reason they often don't uh, tell us this because they want to keep the data for publication so they also mentioned that in optimal dose MGL 3196 patients 21 percent of uh, 21% lowering effect was, was observed so they, they were able to titrate a dose that was ideal for certain patients and when this occurred they, they got a bit of a, a boost in lowering effect. The other interesting things I noticed is that they, they talked about a statin resistant group so some uh, people were not very good responders to statins and or sorry not not that they were bad responders to statins, but they they did not tolerate statins at high doses. So, with any drug, you get a therapeutic range of effect, and if you go too high in that therapeutic range, you can get a lot of side effects that patients don't like. So, if if patients are relatively um, sensitive to those effects, the the drug won't be administered higher than they can tolerate. So, in a group of patients, in this group of patients that couldn't tolerate statins very well. Almost 30% of them. Uh, sorry, not 30% of them, but of that group, they showed a th- almost 30% decrease in LDL-C. So, on low dose statins, they're able to get a substantially increased de- uh, lowering effect of MGL3196. And conversely, groups that were already on very high doses of statins, they saw less of a of a effect of MGL3196. So. When it comes to this kind of thing you know you you kind of max out an effect and when you're already treated on statins and this uh ezetimibe that prevents uptake of cholesterol you're you're hitting the physiological system in a way where you're only going to get a certain amount of maximal effect when it comes to this i think the group was expecting more of an effect on high dose statin uh people but they didn't really see that. And I'm a little surprised too, because I would have expected, given that the mechanisms of action are different, that you would have seen more of an effect from the drug. But it looks like when it comes to this kind of thing, you get a maximum effect and you can't really, it's its harder to really get uh, like 100% decrease in, in cholesterol. So this I don't think is necessarily bad. I think the overall take takeaway is that MGL-3196, in addition to uh, other cholesterol-lowering regimens, is able to do, you know, slightly better. Uh, I think uh, practitioners have a lot of options right now when it comes to cholesterol-lowering drugs, so I don't think that this is going to be some sort of revolutionary thing in the HEFH world or in cholesterol-lowering at all. But I think that um, position, as well as the Nash effects, this is going to be just another indication that the doctor might see as, oh, you know, you have high cholesterol, you can take this drug, and it'll also help with your NASH. So I, I haven't looked too much in the data on whether or not statins have, a, have a, an improvement in NASH, but I would think if anything else, the statins probably improve things like uh, NALF, NAFLD, which is the, the stage before NASH. And I think statins and, and other cholesterol-lowering drugs probably help with that. But if they don't help with the fibrosis effects in NASH, which are very specific, um, then MGL3196 is going to have a very good, uh, very good group of people, or very good application is what I mean. And doctors are going to look for that and, and probably be very excited to use this drug when it comes to patients that present with NASH as well as, as high cholesterol in the blood. But when it comes to HEFH, I think, uh, I think it'll be an option. It might not be the first thing that doctors go to select when, when they're treating this, but if it can be another uh, indication for the drug, I think it'll be obviously very good for the company. So um, other things that I noticed from the, uh, the press release are... Um, so they they want to position this as um, being an additive drug. So a lot of times the, the guys that were on the conference call, I think they're hoping that when doctors exhaust all of the options, so you're on statins, you're on maybe PCSK9 inhibitors, you're on something else, that they're gonna, that that's when practitioners are gonna come in and say, oh, you know what? We have this drug, it might add another 15% lowering of your cholesterol, and let's try it out. And just given the fact that the safety profile of this drug so far looks very good, there's there were very minimal uh, adverse events, and none of them were specifically related to the effects of MGL-3196, so I think that in particular might make it seem like a very attractive drug, that if the statins and everything else don't work, they can add this to it, and it might, might help. So uh, I think that will be... Um, where, where this kind of fits in. So the, the biggest opportunity I see is obviously in NASH and the catalysts that I'm gonna be waiting for are the biopsy results in May, which are coming out and they, they announced that on the press, the conference call. So the technique that they used in December was different than a biopsy. A biopsy, of a liver biopsy is the actual uh, standard of, or state of the art to actually see whether or not fibrosis in NASH is improving so they're going to look to do that in in the next couple months and release the results in may and that should correlate it should be the exact same as the the special technique that they used in december but you never know i'm def i'm i'm not expecting anything surprising then they also talked about how they're going to present this data in an abstract at some conference soon so we're probably going to get more details of of how all of this stuff breaks down with the uh the placebo and the treatment group and how far apart they actually are from from baseline. The other thing we need to keep in mind is phase 3's need to happen for both of these um, patient groups so they they didn't get into too much detail about that but the NASH phase 3 is gonna be a gigantic trial they're gonna look to have about a thousand patients they said and uh, yeah so we'll we'll see what happens that's gonna take a long time so I'm definitely keeping this as a long-term hold personally but I think the upside is huge and compared to the other drugs that I've seen regarding Nash, I think this one has the most potential. So, uh, I'm probably not going to get into too much detail on the other Nash drugs that are on the market. There's, there's a lot of good, um, ones that are good in other ways that also help with Nash. Um, so, but this one here I think has the the most potential to be, to be a success and uh, yeah I'll refer you to the previous blog post again if you want to get more details on that so I, I've opened a position I'm going to post it in the uh, in the blog but um, yeah that's going to do it for me today please give me a like a subscribe or a comment let me know what you think if I'm off base on Madrigal or what you think is I'm missing if I'm missing anything please let me know uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to learn as I go in the space too. but uh, yeah Give me a subscribe if you like what I'm doing. And thanks a lot for watching, guys. And I'll see you next time.